Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson, Chris Gouts. Chris, we have what you would consider a pretty big get. I would say so. Yeah. It's always fun to do a podcast, you know, with some really, really you know, high profile and game changers in Michigan. And, and we have one of those today. That is the Chief Justice of the Michigan Supreme Court, Bridget McCormick. And we are excited to talk to her today about a wide range of topics. So first of all, uh, Your Honor, thank you for coming on, on Field Days and joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excited to talk to you guys. I yes. love your podcast. Oh, wow. That's, Nobody's ever said that. No before. one's ever said that. <laughs> well, no somebody one, had to be the first. No one will ever say that again, Chris. So yeah. um, I'll say it at the end if you want. Please do. <laughs> okay. Yes, I've recorded that too. Okay. So, Chief Justice, you are obviously the Chief Justice. What did you do before you became on, this, on the Supreme Court? Well, immediately before, I was a full-time member of the University of Michigan Law School faculty. I was also the associate dean there for clinical affairs. I taught a bunch of clinical classes and other traditional doctrinal classes. For that, I taught at Yale Law School. For that, I was a, um, a litigator, a, a criminal defense lawyer in New York City, trial lawyer and appellate lawyer with the Legal Aid Society and the Office of the Appellate Defender. So you're a huge Michigan fan. So go blue. Go blue, of course. I should have started with that. Yeah. I can't believe yeah. I didn't say it yeah. at the top of the hour, but yes. And you're excited for the game this weekend, I assume? Yes. Excited for the whole season, okay. but always, you know, nervous and all those things that we all always feel. But, you know, there are a lot of people saying this could be the one, could right? Could be. That's what they say yeah. the last few years, though. Yeah, but... <laughs> Uh, so this good. Really could be. Yeah. So so we're both Michigan fans. So it's good. To, it's good to talk to you. So let's talk about the Criminal Justice Commission that you co-chair with the Lieutenant Governor. It's a great commission. I think it's long past due in the state. So let's talk about why it was formed and kind of what the goals of the commission are. Yeah, so it's the Jail and Pretrial Task Force. And um, it's a pretty exciting task force because it is a partnership. It's a state and county bipartisan partnership that is staffed by the Pew Charitable Trust with um, significant resources. Um, And so the signatories to the original agreement with Pew are, check out this group, the governor, myself, the Speaker of the House, the Senate Majority Leader, the Michigan Association of Counties, and the Sheriff's Association. So those six, the six of us all signed this agreement with Pew to staff us to gather data from all of the jails across the state. As you know, every county has its own jail. Actually, not quite every county, but like 82 of them. And they all therefore keep their own data. And so we've never before had the ability to gather all of that data and take a look from sort of 10,000 feet and see who's in our jails and why. We know some big trends. We know that jail populations have grown tremendously over the last 30 years while crime has decreased. And so, and we have some hunches about what some of the causes are, but it's much better to have actual information and data. So you can figure out, is this, are these policies making our communities safer or not? Um, And so right now we're in the data gathering phase. The commission has a diverse group of stakeholders at the table had two meetings so far, um, but Pew is still all around the state gathering our data for us. Once we have data, we're going to sort of figure out again with all the stakeholders that we can, um, what do we do? What do we, you know, are there, are there improvements we can make? So I can, I, I could talk forever, but. That's a great topic. You know, I, and I know Department of Corrections is, is involved in that um, with Pew. They're, they're, you know, working closely with us on some, on some issues, probation violations, some parole yeah. violations where we put people in jail. So. Yeah, because it's not just, I mean, we've seen a big growth in our uh, the, the jail population of people who have not yet been convicted of crimes, but it's also right. true that there are some probation violation and parole violation populations that we we're looking at as well. Yeah. Yes. So that, that is, um, that's interesting. How long will this task force 
what's the what's the timeline here? It's sort of fast and furious. We have six meetings. The last one is the beginning of January. A bunch of subcommittee meetings as well that are in November and December. But we'll have our data by the end of October. And so our subcommittees and the remaining meetings will be focusing on okay, now that, we, now that we see what we're dealing with, what recommendations are we going to make with the, with the idea that the 2020 legislative session will be the place to make those happen? That's, uh, that's quick. That, that, that is a, that's an aggressive timeline. Yeah, let's get it done. Yeah, I, I totally yeah. agree. Anything that you know, we can do as the Department of Corrections um, along those lines to help you out, we are fully on board with that. So that's good, this that's is good great. stuff. So let's, let's switch topics a little bit. Let's talk about you did some unique things this summer. And you know, I follow you on social media, so I'm not talking about your travels across the state. Um, those, those look like fun. But I'm talking about the time you spent in courtrooms. Yeah. In, in I guess you could say county, local courtrooms. Yep. Um, I know you, you sat on a probate court already this, this summer. And you have plans to sit on uh, some circuit and district court cases? Yeah, summer's not over yet. Yeah. yeah. So what, why, why, why are you doing this? I never sat as a trial court judge. I practiced in a lot of trial courts, um, in a lot of different kinds of cases, but I never sat as a trial court judge. And it is in our trial courts where most of the public experiences the judicial branch. That's where uh, very few people come to the Michigan Supreme Court. In fact, very few people even know who's on the Michigan Supreme Court. In fact, very few people can even name one case we decided last term. I should put you guys on the spot, but I'm not going to. But... A lot of people go to our local to, to their local courts, and usually because something isn't going great, right? It's not usually a happy occasion. Right. I always say that, like, we have a couple exceptions to that. Sometimes we have adoptions; those are awesome. Every once in a while, someone has to get married real quick. That's fun. <laughs> but usually, something has gone wrong in their family, in their business, in their community, and so they're in court in, under really stressful times. Yeah. And so, how our trial courts engage our public is I think the whole ball game and how we like deliver on what I think are the most important commitments the branch makes to the public. And so it feels to me like I'm asking a lot of our trial court judges in this way. I'm like out there constantly pushing them and in, uh, in, in delivering on the commitments that I think we owe the public. And if that's the case, I should understand exactly what they're up against. So I'm sitting in every kind of trial court. I sat in Wayne County probate a couple weeks ago. This week, I'll be sitting in Washtenaw District. Um, and then next week and the following in Van Buren Circuit. So each of the okay. different kinds of trial courts, I'm taking a, taking a turn in. And is that, is that Judge Brickley? Judge Brickley is my Van Buren sitting. That's yeah. in two weeks. Yeah. Who, who is yeah. also a friend of the pod, Chris. You remember Judge Brickley's yeah. been on this podcast before talking right. about some things that we're doing. So She beat me to the pod? She did. <laughs> and she did a great job, too. So this is exciting. Yeah, you're going to go down there and uh, have a friend of the pod you can, you can hang out with. Uh, we, <laughs> do you guys have a t-shirt? Is there a friend of the pod we, t-shirt? We, we, <laughs> we, we talked about it. We, we have polo shirts. We made a jacket once. That's true. Yeah. I, yeah I'm, all right. Well, we can get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess talk about why uh, you wanted to do this, because I think people understand, maybe they understand what a chief justices or what the Supreme Court is. They think of people in black robes sitting up above everybody else, like a pharmacist looking down at everybody. Uh, but but you also, you're responsible for overseeing the courts, and that's yeah, why. Yeah, good point. I might have left that out. Yeah, so the, yeah, everyone's sort of familiar with the, the court's decision-making function. They understand that, you know, we, we decide cases and we're the court of last resort, so our opinion is kind of the final opinion. But we also have this, by the Constitution, administrative function. Our job, we are also responsible with administering the courts of the state, and that means making sure the courts of the state are operating well and serving the public well. And so it seemed to me that given that I'm asking a lot of our trial judges, I should understand it better. And I should say, it's not just me. Um, Justice Clement and Justice Kavanaugh are also sitting in all three courts. Um, in fact, I think they each already have two under their belt, so they might be ahead of me. Yeah, they're ahead of me. 
So is, it, is this ever happened before? No, it's never happened before. It was my idea. I, I, I floated it first with my senior administrative team like a few months ago, and I think they just thought I was crazy and thought I would stop <laughs> talking about it. But then I kept talking about it, and I told Justice Kavanaugh and Clement about it, and we were like, yeah, we, we really want to do it. So See, Chris, that's, that's what true leadership looks like, Chris, if you want to know what leadership looks like. <laughs> well, I heard you, when you ran off the record, you were talking about it uh, a month or so ago. You, you mentioned that you talked to the judges about it, and it sounded like they were pretty excited about it. The judges loved it. And when I told the um, probate judges at their annual conference in June that I was planning to do it, I think it like they erupted in applause. I think just because they, they they feel a lot like, you know, God, you people up there making all these rules for us, yeah. telling us what to do, and you have no idea what we're up against day after day. And so and I get it. They're mm-hmm. I mean, they have a point. I think our staff could identify with, you know, people in Lansing making decisions yeah. and so I think I think there's a correlation there. I think our yeah. staff will understand that. I bet. <laughs> and appreciate that that administrators are coming in Absolutely. and doing those kind of things. Yeah. So I, I do want to have uh, I mean, this can't be all serious, Chris. We gotta have, you know, some some fun questions. For the Chief Justice. Finally. Uh, I know. Tell me about it, Chris. It's kind of stuffy. But, so we'll get to the fun part. So I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I do follow you on social media. You are, you are fun to follow. You, you, you're, you're very active on social media, especially Twitter. So speaking of social media, do you think it's a good thing um, that you're out there, uh, you know, pushing messages and, and showing you know, you're a human being and that you're, you're normal, you know, that kind of thing? What's the benefits yeah, of this? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good thing. I, I mean, I, I feel like it's it's the people's court. Yeah. It's it's not the judge's court. And they have, it, it, it's the branch of government about which people have the least amount of information. And some of that's understandable. A lot of judges are actually um, afraid of or, you know, wary about engaging on yeah. social media. But I feel like the more information I can give the public about what our courts are up to, not just the Michigan Supreme Court, but the trial courts, especially the ones that are up to so many awesome things, I want the public to know about it. Um, and I think demystifying judges is actually important, like understanding that judges are just people. You know, we, we did take an oath to, you know, do a certain kind of job. But, you know, I'm just like a middle aged mom from Ann Arbor, pretty much, you know. <laughs> Well, that, that was part of your whole thing with social media, too, is that when you became Chief Justice, you stressed transparency and open government. That's, that was one of your missions, right? Yeah, I, I actually, I, I really believe that there should be very few things about which the public shouldn't be able to have information about what we do. I mean, it's, it is their government, right? This is like, that's the whole defining feature. And so, and the court isn't special. We, you know, mm-hmm. it's the people's court, not, it's not my court. Well, one of the, maybe the coolest things that we've seen you do on social media is, is how we first connected was when uh, last year uh, at our prison in Jackson, they were running a Chad Tough fund, uh, 5k fundraiser. And uh, I think I tweeted about it, and you saw it, and said, "Hey, I'd like to come uh, next year." And so you're going to be doing that pretty soon. I'm scheduled to run it. I know, and I haven't been running that much lately. I, I do a lot of biking in the summer and swimming, but I had to start running a couple weeks ago because I thought, like, well, it's going to be embarrassing if I can't actually run the full 5K. So I think I'll be all right. But, <laughs> well, but let, yeah, let, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. But let's talk about that though, because you know, as Michigan fans, Chad Chad Tough 5K is for a reason. And um, can you yeah. talk about who, who Chad is and, and kind of why why they have this? Fundraiser? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fantastic fundraiser. That I mean, Chad was Lloyd Carr's grandson, and he died of brain cancer, and um, it was a it hit. The, the entire Carr family is uh, beloved in Ann Arbor and in Michigan. And frankly, they do an awful lot for the community above and beyond childhood brain cancer. But they've done significant work on fundraising around this illness um, in the hopes that they can spare other families. And the people who have stepped up to support it are fantastic. But it really moved me when I heard that uh, the folks that in prison were doing the same thing and also raising money for this yeah. particular um, this particular event. I understand that Lloyd Carr is going to be at the prison the day that day. I don't know if you knew that, but I'm excited about that. So I guess what is it uh, when you saw a story about prisoners running a 5K that you thought, "Gosh, I want to go do <laughs> I that." I got to do that. And then what, I guess what was your why? Why did you what? 
how, how did that come about? And then what was your, A, your family's reaction and your security's reaction? So here's I, what I love so many parts of them doing it because I, I mean, I sort of, I, I believe in um, redemption and grace. And I, I, I also, one of the other things I talk a lot about when I talk to young people is probably the most important thing you can do in life is serve others. There's just all the other things you can achieve will not give you the same satisfaction as serving others. And I don't see why that's not true, even for people who have, some of whom probably are going to be in prison for the rest of their lives. I mean, that's, their life might be spent in prison, but if they can spend part of that life serving others, I think it's uh, a great example for everyone. And so that's why I was moved by it. Uh, I think my youngest son is going to come run it with me. He's, I, w- I just told my kids about it and they said, that's really cool, mom. And uh, uh, one of them has a water polo tournament, so he can't. The other two are out of state. But the one who's in Ann Arbor and not working said he'll come run with me. So I th- he think he's going to come run with me. My husband's considering it. He's, he said he'll let me know. My security team said, we can't run a 5K, so we can't keep <laughs> up with you. They literally said that. They're like, we don't, I was like, is that a problem that we don't have like a single person who can run? A, no, I think they just were, they were a little bit alarmed. And I, I, I reminded them that I've spent many, many hours in prison. I used to represent a lot of people in prison. So we started the, the innocence. Uh, I did. I spent a lot of hours in prison over the, over my time, often, you know, alone in a room with yeah. an inmate. So right. I, I'm feeling okay about it. Yeah. Well, I'm, sure, I'm sure Chris will run with you. I'm sure. He, uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have to be with the media, so I'm gonna be. Oh, okay. so I'll be there. That's I, why I, you can't run that day. No, I'll be out of breath, so I need to be, I need to be focused. So <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. probably should yeah. stay that. Oh, so I die. I feel. I wish we could make yeah. it like a swimming race, because then I feel like I could beat them. <laughs> yeah. You know, I want. I actually like to win if I'm gonna participate. <laughs> this is gonna be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking, looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah, this is gonna be good. And there's a it's a bye week that week too, so you won't miss any games. I notice. <laughs> Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about another facility that's one down in Jackson and another one in Ionia, and that where they where they house our vocational village. Yep. And I believe that you have toured um, our vocational village. I'm not sure which one you went to. But Jackson. Jackson, okay. Mm-hmm. So what'd you think? It was unbelievable. I should list for you the people I called after I left to tell them they have to go do what I did. I mean, it's just in- incredible what the director and all of you have going on there. Not surprising, like, th- th- uh, how successful it is. But I'm, I'm sure you've talked about it on, on the pod before. But <laughs> I was blown away by all of the different programs. And the I, you know, I had lots of questions for the guys in each of the programs and how excited they were by them. And obviously, it all kind of, like, makes sense. I mean, all of it is. But what's actually getting done is just... It's just incredible. It was before the line, what do you call it? Tree trimming oh, line. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was about to launch, and um, that was okay. exciting as well. It's incredible. Yeah, no, it was great to have you there, and, and Tom. Uh, and was Tom there, as well. Who, who, yep. just, who just left, right? He's here for four more days, okay. and I got some stuff for him to do. So let's not, <laughs> yeah, don't speed that up. Yeah. What, what else do we miss as far as asking you questions? Um, this, I this don't, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything you missed, although I'm happy to talk about anything else. I mean, um, I love that you guys are doing this, and your, I mean, frankly, your transparency and your, like, presence on Twitter and the director's presence on Twitter and other social media, I think is great. I mean, part of, you're part of government as well. And um, the people of the state have a, you know, interest in understanding what's going on. And I think the more they know about what's going on, especially in these, in the vocational villages, um, they'd be pretty delighted. Well, yeah. since you, uh, since you are so competitive, uh, we're going to need your social media prowess and your, and that competitive nature, because when you're on our podcast, we think that you should probably be able to get more listens than your sister when she's on the West Wing Weekly. So I don't know if we can make that That's happen. That's a good then. competition. Let's see how I can. Yeah, let's get that going. Do we know how many she had? I'm sure Chris does. He's a West Wing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sure it was a lot more than we've ever had, but I think, <laughs> we, could, I think we could push it up there. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you know, you said it that you, you like to push things on social media because you have awesome judges across the state. And you want to show yeah. what they do. And we have awesome staff work for us. You know, we're a very large department. 
So it's good to get out, show the great things that they're doing too, because yep. they're pretty amazing people also. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, it's, yep. it's, it, that's the whole reason for this podcast. And, uh, you know, I, we can't thank you enough uh, for taking time. We know you were super busy, got a lot going on, um, travel around the state, sitting on courts, doing, doing your thing. So thank you for what you do every single day. Uh, thank you for thank you. coming on here and talking about what you do, because I think it's important to share your message, the court's message. And uh, we really appreciate coming on Field Days. Thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. Well, Chris, that was a lot of fun talking to Chief Justice McCormick. It's always it's always fun to have you know somebody with that stature and so you know it's so important person in um, in Michigan. She's you know the Supreme Court's making a lot of decisions on very important cases, and you know she's the Chief Justice over there. And it's great to hear that she's what she's taking on with the um, the Criminal Justice Task Force. And um, so it was, I, I was fascinated. That was a great interview. I thought uh, by her, I thought she did a great job. It was great to get to know her a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it as well. It was she's an awesome personality uh, yeah. in person, but also on social media, and she's just so engaging and personable. Uh, it's just really, it was just really fun. And then to also talk to her, you know, before and after, you know, she was just really cool to be around and talked about her what famous an siblings. Family, and, yeah, what yeah, an interesting family. Very cool. So her her sister has been on many many uh, TV shows and movies like The West Wing and your and one of your favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then her her brother uh, is a Hollywood a screenwriter and been been in some shows and TVs and Toy wrote, Story 4. wrote Toy Story 4 so that's pretty it's cool pretty impressive family there yeah. so uh, yeah it was no it was cool to it was cool to interview and hope, hopefully everybody out there had the same feeling with uh, after after listening to her so you know this week is a lot of kids go back to school this week Chris I don't know if your kids right, are back and in summer yeah they start next week next week yeah my, my kids started this week so um, and most kids are back to school with back to school means getting on buses and, and, and driving you know riding their bikes to school and walking to school and we play a part in that, don't we, Chris? Yeah, so uh, MSI last year uh, came up with these reflective things that you can attach to your children's uh, backpacks. So uh, they're, they're really, really cool. They're things that you can purchase. You can go out on MSI's website. And so if you got, I think you could just purchase them kind of as a one-off, but I think it's really meant for a kind of larger sales. So maybe, so if any of our staff members are on like the local PTO or if you're, uh, know the teacher or the principal, you might want to recommend to them that, hey, maybe your school board maybe want to go in and purchase these and give them out to the kids. Uh, so just a, a great thing that uh, the folks over at MSI uh, saw as a need. You know, they, they I think it was last year, there had been some stories about some children being being hit by cars as they're going out. And so they got together and they came up with this idea and uh, got it approved. And uh, they've been out there uh, online able to sell so that we can hopefully help uh, keep uh, kids safe. So just one more thing that our awesome MSI staff came together, saw a need, found a way to help. And then uh, the prisoners uh, are doing an awesome job uh, making these and, uh, and putting them together. And uh, hopefully they'll make a difference. That's good because, you know, it's going to be darker in the morning soon here. It's not going to be as light. So it's going to be good to have, um, you know, can put some reflective things on your kid's backpack. So um, very cool idea. Hey, Chris, did you see um, one of our friends of the pod got a, got a podcast bump? Did oh, you, I you, saw that. I was very that? excited to see that. Yeah. yeah. Not only um, was Jason Mao the agent, it's, well, I guess it the is. current agent of the year. Right. He got a huge podcast bump, and now he is was just promoted to supervisor of the Monroe County Parole Probation Office down in Monroe County. So kudos to him. Congrats. I, I know you're going to take full credit for this, Gouts, but... Uh, he did go to Central. Oh, he did? That, did I know that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have talked about this then. <laughs> um, no, huge congrats to Jason. Jason is a great, great guy. You can go back and listen to his episode, and I think you will come to the same conclusion that Jason is a wonderful, wonderful um, human being who really is out there making a difference. And uh, so really congratulations to Jason. Does, yeah. yeah. So I guess you, you will be seeing him next year around May at the, at the yeah, Supervisor Conference. Yeah, he'll be at the Supervisor Conference. So that, that's really cool. And lastly, I guess we can probably keep this podcast to a, a normal 20-minute podcast. We can 
get out of here. Um, you stop talking, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to wrap this up here, man. Uh, but it is. This is the last week to early register for the UP Rec Day. So if you haven't already done so, you can get uh, an early bird discount. I guess is that is that is that what happens? So you get a, you get a discount if you register. They got softball tournaments up there. What else is going on up there? Lots of lots of cool, fun games. Uh, yeah. Cornhole, uh, cornhole. So a lot, lot of fun, lot of fun things. It just even if you don't go there, even if you even if you go and you don't play any games or do anything like that, you just just to be around and the camaraderie and meeting people from other parts of the department, from other facilities or other field offices uh, up there. I think it's just gonna be a great time for everybody to get together uh, and just have a really fun time. So get uh, get signed up. And got anything else, Chris? I think we should uh, call it good before we mess it up. Okay. Well, uh, make sure you tune in next week to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, Thanks for tuning in to Field Day's podcast.